Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's audio service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. This is the service for Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. As with our other services, there will be readings, followed by a sermon, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and then ending with the benediction. The service is led by Pastor Mike Hannell. Our Old Testament reading for this weekend, the fourth Sunday in Lent, comes from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 14 through 21. And I have to warn you, this reading is a little bit difficult to follow if you don't quite understand what's going on. It starts off with a gospel message, really. It talks about what God is doing for his people in very positive ways. But then towards the end, all of a sudden, the imagery flips and God talks about how despite the fact that he is doing all of these wonderful things for his people, Israel, his servant, his servant has completely ignored it, missed the message, turned away, and has become blind deaf and dumb, just like the people around them. For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say to images, You are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Hear you, deaf. Look, you blind, and see. Who is blind but my servant, and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one committed to me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. It pleased the Lord for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle reading comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 8 through 14. And you're going to see a common thread throughout all of our readings here about darkness and light, about being blind and being able to see. The world is stuck in darkness and blind but it is God that brings his light into the world. It is God who opens our eyes to see by his his gift of faith. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. 
have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of our Lord. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and abounding in steadfast love. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel reading today is a third in a series of conversations that Jesus initiates with people and gets to some of their issues, some of their problems, exposes some of their doubts, but ultimately evokes faith. They are people that need God's Word, God's Word of Gospel, God's Word of light and life, whether it's going back a couple weeks ago to Nicodemus, last week to that Samaritan woman at the well, and now to this man who is born blind. Now there are going to be other people who are part of the conversations and the action that goes on, but as we listen to Jesus's interactions with this blind man, we see again his loving kindness. There are going to be people who are trying to figure out what is wrong in this world. But here, Jesus is bringing life and light, restoring sight to the blind and showing God's compassion and love for all people. I'm going to be reading the entire chapter, uh, chapter 9. Uh, it's a little bit longer. But I think in order to get the whole picture, everything that's going on, and since we have the time, let's just read it all. So the entirety of John chapter 9. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with, with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been born blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. 
Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been born blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I've told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple? We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him saying this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you see, you, your guilt remains. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hopefully by now, as you've heard the readings today, you might have gotten a little bit of a theme out of all three of those readings. There's a lot about being blind. There's a lot about seeing. There's a lot about darkness. There's a lot about light. There's a lot about faith. And there's a lot about doubt. Seeing is something that we often take for granted. I can't even remember anymore when it was. I think it was second grade that I first got eyeglasses. I didn't realize it at the time, but my vision wasn't good. I could see pretty well out of one eye, but not so well out of the other eye. And so as I tried to do things like read, uh, my eyes strained. They had to do extra work to try to make sense of what I saw because out of one eye, there was pretty good vision and out of another, it was blurry. It was only when I found this out and got glasses that all of a sudden the headaches that I had been experiencing went away. My vision improved dramatically and it was a pleasure to read books instead of the pain that I had experienced before. And I don't know if any others of you who now have glasses ever experienced that same thing, that once you got your glasses, you suddenly realized all of the things that you thought you saw before, they now come into clear focus. You realize what you missed. You weren't getting the full picture. See, seeing is something that we all take for granted, I think. We just get used to what we see, and that's what there is. But we know that's not true. If you've ever heard of a thing called a mirage, you know that sometimes we see things that really aren't there. Or, in our current state of affairs, maybe you see something, but your perception of what you see or don't see is really the most important thing. So now, when you go through the grocery store and you see empty aisles, what you see is that there's nothing there. But what you perceive, perhaps, is panic and fear. Now, you can't see panic, you can't see fear, but that's what your mind goes to, just based on what it is that you see. Our gospel reading today has a lot to do with these ideas of things that people see and things that they don't see, things that they perceive versus things that truly are. Now, first, we encounter in the story this man who is born blind. Well, what is it that we see when we look at him? What is it that the people of his day saw when they saw this man born blind begging in Jerusalem? Well, we heard it in our reading. We know exactly what they were thinking. Their thoughts immediately went to sin. The fact that this man from birth 
has never been able to see is perceived as an act of judgment. What is it that this man's parents must have done against God? How is it that they sinned that he was born this way? For this is not good. This is not the way God wants us to be. But look, he is punished. He is condemned because of their sin. When they saw this man, they didn't see a a fellow uh, Jew, a, a fellow Israelite. Instead, they saw a problem, a theological problem, a dilemma. And many people tried to solve it. Many people probably tried to come up with different answers. Well, you know, I I once knew his dad, and he wasn't all that good. His attendance in the synagogue, well, it was less than subpar. Or, ah, yes, I do know his mother, and boy, she gossips all the time. And so surely this, their son being born blind, it is all attributable to that or this or whatever. But when they saw this man born blind, I don't think people in general had compassion or pity on him. They instead saw a problem, a problem that many of them perhaps like to talk about and address, but nothing more than that. I wonder today, what do you see when you look at our world right now? What are you perceiving when you hear the latest news conference, when you see the latest report, when you uh, listen to what your friends are saying on social media? Panic and fear, we've already talked about those things, but, but even beyond that, I know some people have asked the question, Why? Why is all of this happening? Why is all of this stuff ruining our lives? It is disrupting the the plans that we had for spring break. Uh, Funerals, weddings, just day-to-day life. Those things are all being put on the shelf. People's jobs are being lost. And there's a lot of panic. There's a lot of fear. But beyond that, people are asking that question, why? What is all of this about? And I've seen a few people say, well, this is God's response, right? This is God's response to our sinful world, our sinful condition. And just like people did with that man born blind, people suddenly start to become theological experts. They start to think, what is God up to? And some people might have some thoughts, some ideas, but their meanderings usually end with this point. Who sinned? Whose fault is this? But I wonder if just like those people in Jesus's day were looking at this man born blind. They saw someone born blind, but their perception was this is a theological problem. When we look at our world today, what we see is the state of affairs, but what is our perception of it? 
Do we just go to the theological problem, or is there something more that we should be seeing? The man born blind, he plays a big part in that gospel reading today, but he's not the only one. Jesus is also there, isn't he? Jesus has a very important role in this story. But just like people looked at that man born blind and they saw one thing, and I wonder if that was the right thing, so too people are looking at Jesus. And there were actually a lot of different opinions about Jesus. Almost as many people are the many different opinions. Take, for instance, this man. He thinks of Jesus as what? As a man from God? As a miracle worker? As the Messiah? As his Savior? Well, it kind of depends where you are in the story, doesn't it? At first, he doesn't really know who this Jesus is, but only by experiencing his grace, his love, his healing power, does this blind man's opinion of Jesus change. It develops as the story goes on. But there are other people in the story that seem to have more static opinions about Jesus. Jesus' own disciples address him as rabbi as teacher. And we know throughout John's gospel that Jesus is addressed this way numerous times. If you go back a couple weeks ago, when our gospel reading was from John 3, we know that that's how Nicodemus addressed Jesus, as, as a rabbi, as a teacher. But that wasn't the only opinion of Jesus, right? You also have that uh, opinion we heard last week, from the Samaritan woman, that, that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is that promised deliverer from God who would truly redeem his people, who would usher in God's kingdom. And that, that opinion's floating around in our reading today as well. But above all of that, we also hear the opinion of the Pharisees. See, when they see Jesus, when they perceive Jesus as somebody who is breaking the law of God, the traditions of their elders, by healing this man on the Sabbath, by doing work on the Sabbath, what do they perceive? They perceive that Jesus is a troublemaker, that he is a rule breaker, that he is a threat to their beliefs, their religion. This is a man who violates the laws of Moses. He surely cannot be from God, therefore he must be from Satan. That was their perception. It was what they saw when they saw Jesus doing this work on the Sabbath. Now, we could think, what do people perceive today when we talk about Jesus? What do people perceive today when we speak of him, when we sing about him, when we praise him, when we come together and worship him? And I think the truth is that just like in Jesus's own day, 
There are opinions all over the map. Some people think of Jesus as a a nice guy, a great teacher, somebody who really has a lot of good things to say and we should probably listen to him. But there are people out there, like the Pharisees too, aren't they, Uh, who look down upon Jesus, who really don't think we need Jesus. People who think that they are doing good on their own and Jesus is just slowing them down. Or maybe it's just their problem isn't so much with Jesus. It's with what other people perceive in him. We can't always control people's perceptions. We can't always change them. But I think we at least have to acknowledge that just like in Jesus's day, when there were a lot of different opinions about him, a lot of different perceptions, so also today. People look at him and they're not always going to see, perceive the same thing that you and I do. Maybe then, the way to think about this gospel reading is not so much to think about what other people are seeing, what other people are perceiving. Because as we talked about the man born blind, we saw that people saw a problem, a theological dilemma. As we thought about Jesus, we see that they don't even agree. Everybody sees the same thing. Everybody sees Jesus perform this miracle but their perceptions of him vary widely. What does that tell you? What does that tell me? I think it says our vision may not be as good as we think it is. If everyone can look at the same thing and reach different conclusions, it seems to tell me that we all must have a problem with our vision. Because when we look at one thing, we should all see one thing and not a whole bunch of other things. If there's something wrong with the vision people have in this story, I think it becomes crystal clear by looking at the story through Jesus's eyes. Now, when Jesus sees this man born blind, Unlike all of the Pharisees and even unlike his disciples, does he see in this man born blind a theological problem? Does he look at this man who's born blind and see the sin of his father or mother or even both? Does he look at this man born blind and see his own sin? No. Jesus' perception is different than anyone else's perception. While everyone else is looking at this through the eyes of judgment and condemnation, Jesus looks at this man born blind in compassion and mercy. When he sees this man born blind, he sees an opportunity to do the works of God. And what are the works of God? The work of God for this blind man was to bring sight. Jesus spit and got a little bit of the dirt and mud and rubbed it on this man's eyes and told him to go. And as he did, 
as he followed those instructions of Jesus, his sight was restored. He could see once more. Now to us, that is an amazing miracle that this man could see. In his own day, the people could not believe it. Surely this must be some other man because people don't just receive their sight back, especially people who never had sight to begin with. It's a biological impossibility. But it happened. It happened because Jesus made it happen. Jesus performed this miracle. Jesus saw this man in a way that no one else did. He saw him and he loved him. He saw him and he restored his sight. But that's not the most amazing thing. The most amazing thing in this story is how Jesus opened his eyes of faith. Jesus gave him eyes of faith that he did not have at the beginning. Jesus helped open the eyes of faith in this man so that by the time all is said and done, who is he? He's a disciple, a disciple of Jesus. He is one who recognizes that he is the Lord, his Savior, his Messiah. This is a man who recognizes that the greatest gift that he has received from Jesus is not the gift of his physical sight, but the gift of grace, the gift of mercy, the gift that only Jesus can bring, the gift of faith. This is the most wondrous miracle that is worked in this story. And that's the miracle that God works in all of us. That we were once a people in darkness. We were born into this world just like that man born blind. We couldn't see. Not physical sight now. I'm talking the eyes of faith. We did not have faith in God. We did not know who he was. We did not know his love, his grace for us. We were separated from him and hostile toward him. But God comes. God came. He came to each one of us through the waters of baptism, through the power of his word, and he gave us a new sight, new eyes, those eyes of faith so that we could see him and see our neighbors and see the world around us and perceive the world in a whole new way. My brothers and sisters, this is the gift of Jesus. Jesus alone has the right vision, the right sight, the right perception. He alone sees us in the true way as he sees us as sinful people. Through the cross, he sees us as holy, as clean, as perfect, we who are sinful by birth are forgiven because Jesus, that Messiah, goes to the cross and dies for our sins. He forgives our sins and he leads us to new life, a new creation, a new sight 
through faith in him. One of the words, phrases, I guess, that we often hear in the season of Lent is this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to hear that. We need to hear that in our world today. Because you're so busy looking at the grocery stores. You are so busy looking at social media to see what the next thing is. You are so busy looking at the news reports that all of that has distracted you. You see that and your perception of it is fear and panic, but that is not the gift that God wants to give to you. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Through the eyes of faith, we know this world is passing away. We know that this world is a broken, sinful place, and whether coronavirus was part of the news or not, that would have been true. When Jesus gives us those eyes of faith, he gives us peace. He gives us assurance, comfort, and hope. These gifts are yours. You may not see rightly with your own eyes, but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father, changes you. Just like that man born blind, he changes you and opens your eyes so that you can see him rightly, so that you can see yourself rightly. And so you can see your neighbor and the world around you rightly. May you, this day and this week, have those eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Together, let us confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Lord, shine your light of mercy and grace into our darkened hearts of sin and eyes blinded to your will and ways, so that we know the fullness of your forgiveness, life, and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Healing Lord, shine your light of peace and healing to all who seek relief for the sick and dying, for those troubled physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, and for the grieving and the dying, that you, that your comfort would be known. Especially we pray for those hospitalized, for Ben Deck, Sam Martino, Christine Carlson, Becky Ellenba, Ruth Ree Goodwin, Velma Philly, David Rapp, and for Justin Schroeder with his upcoming procedure. We also pray for those in hospice care, Ruth Balgaman, Gerald Morkel, James Ray, Verla Reuter. And we pray for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Especially we pray for Sarah Quaintance at the death of her husband Frank on Saturday, March 14th, and to the family of Lillian Dolling, who passed away on Tuesday, March 10th. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all nations, shine your light to all places in this world and to the leaders of cities, states, and countries, that your light guide and direct them so that peace be had and justice faithfully served. Give courage and diligence to all who work to defend liberties and life and to those who speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the Church, shine your light upon all who have, who have enabled to speak and proclaim your word. Be with our congregation, that we remain united in truth, love, faith, and service. Give courage to us to live as your witnesses, that many who remain in darkness rejoice in the light of truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of all seasons, in the season of Lent, shine your light upon us as we examine ourselves, see our sins, and know our need of a Savior. As we continue to follow Christ to the cross, draw our hearts and minds to you and to the joys that await. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our Father, creator of the world, almighty and merciful, out of love for us, you sent your Son into the world as the doctor of our souls and our bodies. Look upon your children, who in this difficult time of confusion and dismay in many regions of Europe and the world, and even here, turn to you, seeking strength, salvation, and relief. Deliver us from illness and fear. Heal our sick, comfort their families, 
Give wisdom to our rulers, energy and reward to our doctors, nurses and volunteers, eternal life to the dead. Do not abandon us in this moment of trial, but deliver us from all evil. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all, uh, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hear now our Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's audio service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. For more information about when services will resume or to find other audio services or podcasts, please go to stpaulslutheran.net and click the Sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.